Jason, today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Did you know? Do we know? Budget Blinds is your home for enlightened style shades. I did know that, but I think we are clear to make sure that everybody who listens to this podcast does know that we continue to hail our robot shade overlords. This is true. They have been our benevolent benefactors. Since the beginning, I think. Since the beginning. And not only that, but they are just good folk running a good business right in our hometown. So if you are out there looking for something to update your home, update the look of your home, the technology of your home, you can have the open and close and deal with the shades from your phone, deal with all those sorts of things, make your home more energy efficient, safer, better looking, all of those things. Nick, who are we going to call? You're going to call our good friends, Budget Blinds of Lee Summit, located right in the heart of our town, right in downtown Lee Summit. Tell them Jason Nick sent you. Jason, this podcast is also brought to the people by Ask Kathy of Keller Williams Realty, another local shop helping people in our community. Absolutely. They have been around for as of twenty twenty celebrate two twenty years. There should be champagne popping. We should have a sound effect of champagne popping. Have you been asking Kathy for twenty years? I haven't. I haven't known Kathy that long, so I can't say as I have. But I have asked Kathy. Kathy and I have uh, we've known each other for quite a good stretch of time. She's been part of you know Lee Summit's fabric for those twenty years, and she's doing good stuff for the people. Last year, over twenty three hundred families helped. Also, Jason. You want to sell your house? You know what these people do? They get you your money. They get you money. They get you over They sold homes for 104% of asking price, and they do it quickly. It was an average of five days. Absolutely. So if you are looking to get your home moved, or if you're looking to buy a home in this, I want to say call it, I think we can safely call it a challenging buyer's market at this (laughs) point, you're going to call Ask Kathy, Keller Williams Realty, right here in the heart of downtown Lee Summit. Welcome to Bridge Space. Just this. Usually Jason and I are in the old vault for this building, so um, it's weird looking out on people. It is weird being in front of people. We haven't done a live event for the podcast since, well, four years ago when we did the May Oral Forum, and that was out at the, the VFW event. So this is fun to finally be back with a live audience. My name is Nick Parker. I'm the publisher of Link to Lee Summit, your local newspaper. My partner for the town hall, Jason Norberry. Let's talk a little bit, as we wait for a couple people here, but let's talk about local elections, why they matter, why we get excited about covering them, talking about them, and being a pain in the butt to these guys after they're elected and while they serve. Um, you can affect, we say this a lot, but you can affect more change locally than you can at any other level of government. Aside from that, what makes local special is that we all know each other. We don't know the candidates already. We can. It's easy to know them when they're, when, after they're elected officials. We know them all because they're our neighbors, and that's why local is special, and why we feel like this is what people need to be involved in. This is how we can make change. Other thing to remember, I think, too, they know each other. They're, they're opponents right now for this election, but they know each other. They've served together. And aside from several years of elected service, let's see, both have been on boards of education. 
One is finishing two consecutive terms as a city council member. The other is finishing a four-year term as the incumbent mayor. So they've all served a lot together. Aside from that, can I guess how many combined years of volunteer service in the community for all of you? Wait, let me do it. Seven. Seven. Is, no. Are we close? Over? Under? Under, just barely. So they've, all, they've both shown a, a ton of support for local nonprofits, charities, all sorts of different things around town. So we thank you both for the service you've already done and then for Lord knows why you've thrown your hat in the ring to do more service as an elected official. And I will say one more thing, and this is something that we've harped on a lot. Uh, Y'all showed up. I mean, like not only to run, but also here. Uh, other forums, uh, answering questionnaires, being kind of out there amongst the people, and and that matters a ton. Uh, you know, I won't mention any names, but there are a number of candidates who have ducked a lot of stuff uh, for other races, not the mayor's race, uh, and it really helps as a service not only to uh, us, which is the most important thing, because what Nick and I think is really the big thing, but also to the community where they have opportunities to hear you in different forums, from different points of view, all that sort of stuff, not just what your campaign flyers say, but also how you respond to the various interests interest that the community has. So we thank you guys for, for being here, not only just because it makes this much easier, but also for showing up to do all this good stuff as a whole. Uh, one more thing, Jason and I, like to try to convince people to do good in the community. So while we're going to talk about politics and we're going to really dig in on fun things like tax increment financing and all of the exciting stuff, um, let's also do some good. There are two jars on the table over there, one labeled Lee Summit Social Services, one labeled Hope House. Uh, I asked both of the candidates before this. I know they both support a lot of local charities, but I said, hey, pick one, and let's ask some people to give a little bit of money while they're here. So if we do nothing else tonight, Let's throw a little money in the jars over there and let's help some local agencies do good. And we're gonna come back and talk about those in just a second. Uh, some, just a, a couple little housekeeping rules. We're gonna ask a bunch of questions. We're gonna ask follow-up. So if we jump in, it's not because we wanna interrupt. Even though we do enjoy it, we're not trying to be mean. Um, but we'll follow up with you. We'll, we'll also have an opportunity. Uh, we'll try to work in some questions from you guys if you have them. So there are note cards and pens on your tables if you have a question. Write it down. Liesl Hayes back there. Raise your hand, Liesl. Uh, she'll be walking around, so she can collect those, and she'll bring them up so to us. So if you have a question, write it down. Hold your card up. Liesl will come by and pick it up and bring it up to us, um, which will keep all the disruptions to a minimum, and then we will, we will look at them. And, and often we have found over the years that the questions you asked are ones that we already have on the table, but additionally there are things that like people want to hear that we think work in really great. We're going to go ahead and add it in. Um, and get through. We have a little space in our program for that as well. So um, thank you guys for that because, you know, we get stuck in our own little world and sometimes we think the three things we talk about a lot are the things that matter and you guys might disagree and that's useful to hear for all of us. We're going to try to, we, our goal is to keep this uh, under an hour, so I'm going to say an hour and a half is probably what we'll be at because we like to talk a lot. Let's start things out first. Let's talk about Mayor Baird, you chose Hope House as one you wanted to do. So just take a couple minutes. Um, why, why was Hope House a special one for you and, and why is it special for our community? Okay, thank you. Um, and, and I just wanna say thank you for bringing, allowing us to have these opportunities to be able to uh, communicate to the community. So you're saying that we showed up but you guys are providing a great service to our community and, uh, and helping uh, educate our citizens, so thank you. 
Um, Help House uh, provides refuge and supportive services to those impacted by domestic violence. Uh, physical and emotional abuse can occur in the life of anyone around you. Uh, in fact, stats show that one in four women um, are affected by uh, domestic violence. Um, it affects, when, when someone is impacted by domestic violence, it impacts every, every aspect of their life. Um, it can definitely affect one's mental stability. Um, it impacts entire families. Uh, it often leads to a lifetime of anxiety and stress disorders. Uh, more women and children, like I said, um, suffer at the hands of domestic violence, but it can also happen to men and, and the elderly. Um, you never know when, what someone's going through, and you never know what someone has gone through in their life. So, so many high people hide these afflictions and these, these, this trauma so very well. Um, they may be friends of yours. They may even be family members. And you just, that's why I chose Hope House, because um, I, I know some people, and, and I feel for people that have gone through such experiences. Um, Hope House helps people deal with and escape from and recover from such traumatic experiences. They provide shelter, they provide therapy, um, they also provide outreach with working with the hospitals and the police departments and therapists. Um, as mayor, I often brag about the amazing community or spirit of community that we have in our community. Um, and in my opinion, um, you know, we're a super generous community um, and I would like you to consider Hope House in the future as far as a way to give back. Um, it's one of the most faithful ways, I think, um, to be able to build upon the spirit of the community because you probably will never see the people's lives, people that you've, whose lives you're gonna impact by, by donating to Hope House. Um, they keep it, everything confidential and the privacy, they protect them, and, uh, but you can be a big part of breaking the chain of, of uh, domestic violence and giving hope for those in great need right in your own community. So that's why I chose Hope House. Thank you, Mayor Barrett, I appreciate that. Uh, chat about help us we will uh, we will talk a little bit about our other charity here in in a little bit um, we'll give diane a chance to 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 put that in there as well all right so uh format wise we, we talked a little bit about this those of you and i'm sure all of you here are loyal listeners to the podcast um and if you aren't lee summit town hall is available on all your major podcast streaming platforms uh, but uh, the way we do this it's a little bit conversational we're going to ask we kind of generally do thematic questions. We'll have the same question for you both at the beginning and the same question at the end, but the ones in the middle will differ a little bit from person to person, though the subject matter will be the same. A lot of that will be based on things you say, your campaign materials, things you've said to us, things you've said from the dais, things of that nature. We fortunately have lots of public utterances from you to be able to use against you um, at this time. So with that, we're going to start with our first attorney. questions. I know. Um, and we decided to go in reverse alphabetical order was our, was our, our path of choice. So we're going to start with uh, Council Member Forte um, with that. So we're going to start here with our first question. So you have been an elected official in one form or another for a fair bit of time now. What is the first thing, what is like one thing that you are the most proud of that has come from your time as an elected official? Well, there are different, there are different things and I'm really... When, I, when people ask me questions, I go back to the most honest answer I know. When I was on the school board at Raymore Peculiar, they didn't, have, they didn't have doors in the boys' bathrooms. And that was why I wanted to run. So that was, I was real proud of that. So I know that doesn't really affect right now, but those are the things that I look back on my life and think, what did I do? As I've been on the council, the city council for eight years, 
we've done some amazing things. We started um, in 2015, we, we started the um, economic development policy where we, we know what we're gonna do when people come in because our, our staff was in a bad situation with um, incentives, so we did the incentive policy. We've gone back every two years and looked at that and kind of improved it, talked about it. I'm also really proud of the fact that um, as a part of downtown, one of the main things I've always been proud of is what we've done. I was involved with the streetscape. I was a volunteer and what streetscape was is when the whole downtown, all of our stores didn't even have sidewalks. People couldn't even get hardly get in the front doors. They were walking on, they were walking on wood. And we did, um, and I see Mr. Benny's out there and Rob Benny and I were volunteers at the time. And we, we made Alley Bash. You guys remember Alley Bash? We would have alley, sto alley openings so stores could actually get their wares out into the alley and sell things because people could not get into their front door. And I was very proud of being a part of that because that helped the small business. I've always been a small business owner, so I knew how impactful that was for them. Um, that's pretty much, I mean, those are two things, so boys' bathrooms and alley bash. So uh, I'm I not mean, sure how well that goes over, but on that's On, beha on that's behalf it. of nervous 14-year-old boys everywhere, uh, <laughs> thank you is what we'll say for that. Uh, okay, so let's, let's roll that then forward. Okay. What do you think, what do you hope to accomplish? What is, I mean, you're running for mayor for a reason. What do you think you want to accomplish if you looked back at the end of the next four years, should you be elected? What do you want to say you have done? I actually want to say that I have helped and assisted and, you know, as a, as a mayor, I know I, I would, I'm the, you know, the mayor and there are eight other council members, but being an eight, one of the eight member person council, I would say that we, because I really can't do anything on my own, but I would say we would do a lot of great things in the next four years. We've got the downtown marketplace that, gosh, I know it's not gonna be up and finished, but we've, we've got a lot of progress on that. That would be something I am very proud of. We've got, we're gonna, we're gonna do some work on our incentive policy. We have a new city manager, which I think will be, no we don't. We have the same city manager. We have a city manager that will take place when our present city manager retires in September. And I see really great things with working with Mr. Dunning because he's an easy person to work with and I have the kind of personality that I, I think we can really take, take things to the next level by just talking about where we are. When you're going forward, you've got to look at your past because you've got to learn from your past and you've got to look at your present because that's where you are. And if you don't look at your past and you don't look at your present, there's really hard to look at the future. So you've got to look at where you've been, where you are, and then look in the future on what you can do better. All right, thank you. Mayor Baird, we're going to switch over to you, and this is one of the few times where you get the same questions. When okay. you look back on your elected service that, you've, that you have already completed, what, what's something that you are proud of accomplishing? Well, there's, there's numerous tangible things that I could say um, that we've been working on together, but I think, um, I, I think collaboration um, is not an easy thing. Uh, we have strong opinions. Um, we've worked well together over the years, um, but it's, whenever I became, uh, became mayor, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It was, it was pretty tough that first year. Um, 
a lot of tough decisions uh, had to happen, and we had to we had to find common denominators, and we had to work through those things. Um, the community organization, the community partners, I was calling for collaboration there, and I feel like between council and community partners, the the organizations such as the chamber, the EDC, the downtown Main Street, I really feel like they've all role modeled. Um, they've worked together. Uh, we've had so many meetings where we've come together jointly. Um, we've even, um, as a council, we've we've had mostly um, six, three, seven, two, eight, one votes, and quite a few nine, zero unanimous votes. Um, we've been diligent, and we've we've pushed things back to city management whenever we couldn't find a strong consensus. And I think that, um, I think it's, it, it's easier said than done to facilitate that, so that's probably what I'm most proud of. Okay, well let's roll, let's roll forward. If you're elected to serve a second term, what's, what are you looking for to say, I want to accomplish this? Well, I certainly want to continue that collaboration, um, and I'd like to see partner, you know, some, some type of partnerships between uh, the city and maybe the school district or uh, other organizations, but, as far as more tangible things, I really want to make sure that we are the number one destination uh, when it comes to um, citizens as well as uh, others because of our public safety. Um, I want to be the destination uh, for first responders. I want this to be where they want to be. I want to provide our public safety and first responders the equipment um, and, and such that they need to, to be the finest in the metro, in the state, in the region. Um, I want to also bring jobs here. I want to bring quality jobs, and I would love to look back in four years and say we brought thousands of jobs here, um, quality jobs. Um, so I think that um, those are things that I, I keep, you know, I put out there, you know, in, in the other forums, but hopefully, hopefully you can see that it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm focused on those things. Well, you both have uh, correctly foreshadowed uh, our, our next sets of, of questions, so they're, they're good job guessing. They're about bathroom doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All no, actually, very clearly, they are not about bathroom doors. So. <laughs> uh, Mayor Barron, I'm going I'm to stick with, with you on this. Uh, you, just, you just got done talking about the public safety and, and some of those things. So here's, here's your softball for the night. Are you well, in support? going to be a softball. Are, <laughs> are you in for, are you in support of the public sales oh, tax initiative that is on now that the current council has said the intent is to use for public safety. Yes, the intent is to use for public safety. Dedicate those dollars to public safety. Um, yes, I'm for the public safety sales tax so that we don't have to continue to draw down into the, the general fund um, and trying to you know, figure out how to not just keep our employees played, but then how do we pay for an extra ambulance? We need another full-time full ambulance. That's going to require more firefighters. We need um, we need to expand our, our police. We've made small expansions over the last 15 years, but we need more police officers. Our 911 dispatch is number one is a number one priority when we when we pass this. If the, if the citizens will pass this, we need uh, a location for uh, for them to operate out of. We need to also um, fully uh, hire all of those uh, 911 dispatchers. We're um, we're looking at also upgrading the the. Um, the technology for them, um, and then also uh, I think I've mentioned before and other ones that uh, that we have right now a temporary uh, position for a co-responder, which is for mental health for our citizens in our community. These are police officers trained in mental health that can do wellness checks. Uh, we would like to uh, hire a couple of those permanently, and then you're not taking a police officer off of um, up, off of other duties to go to do a wellness check when they're all geared up in in a 
you know, with with their marked car and their um, bulletproof vest and their guns. So it's a wonderful thing that we could we could uh, we could use the funds for. All right, Mayor. I'm going to follow a little bit up here. Um, so now that we have solved public safety con funding concerns forever and ever with this tax. <laughs> uh, what Actually, for a while, yes. Well, I, I, I hope so. I mean, really. Um, it's, it's what are the, I mean, I'm a, this does not fix all funding for the city forever and ever. So what are the next, do you see as the next budget priority that the city needs to sort of think through and, and tackle um, in, in, a, in a coherent way? And I'm not mm -hmm. saying with the sales tax initiative or anything else, but like yeah. what, what's that next thing that's coming that you see that we're going to be dealing with? The, the next thing is coming, we, we're going to be in a good position because we, have had commercial investment in our community the last four years. Um, it's it's shored us up, but what it has not solved for is our infrastructure needs. Um, we have so many infrastructure infrastructure needs, and we just had a uh, a, a wastewater um, presentation just last night, two nights ago, two, two nights ago, and um, you can you can see that we're on top of replacement of sewer lines and such. Um, what we're what we're our biggest concern going forward is all that land that we have that's coming online, that 4,100 acres, and the fact that there are no sewer, uh, there is no water, there's there's not even some roads, and it's it's in the you know when you add it all up, it's in the 60 million dollar range. Now it doesn't all have to be done today, but a plan has to be put in place, and I'm confident that with staff we can get this done. Um, there's lots of routes for uh, funding uh, for. Um, through DNR and through um, DED and through maybe some, you never know, maybe we can get some infrastructure funds like we're supposed to from the state um, over the next uh, year and a half, two years. Um, so we have a lot of hopeful things, but it is a big concern. So, Diane, I'm going to ask you the softball question then. Okay. So, the part where we said we weren't asking you guys the same questions, <laughs> we sort of lied. Uh, but this one, are you in favor of the passage of the half-cent sales tax initiative that the council put on the ballot? Yes, I'm, uh, I'm definitely in favor of it. All right. So, so then, we get, then we get the next good question, which is the what's next? And, I, and, and look, every politician everywhere has said they are for public safety and they are for the, these things, right? So, but, but what's next? What is the... When you look at, at the budget and you look at the things that are going to be hard as we go forward, what are, what are the next things you're looking at? It's, you know, right now it's, um, the inflation is, is a big part of where everyone in our community is. And so looking forward, I don't think I've ever looked at, at you know, in the years I've been a polit you know, in politics or on the city council, that inflation has had such a big impact because it's going to impact everyone. I agree with Bill. Um, the infrastructure needs have all have been an issue since I've gotten on the council, um, and we spend in our stormwater we spend like a million a year to do a little bit, and it's like a band aid. And there isn't anything harder, honestly, than when you have people in your district who are, their house is flooding, and it, it's the same places. And it's not always the city's fault. It's a lot of different things that have caused the issue, but in older neighborhoods and then newer neighborhoods with the infrastructure, with utilities, and, and I think that those are problem, you know, problems that are gonna have to be solved, and we're gonna have to talk about it, 
I would really like to see us work with, um, and I, I, you know, it's pie in the sky, but that's kind of what I do, as far as like the utility companies getting, getting, getting Spire, getting Evergy, getting MoDOT, getting all of us together. The, the $62 million for PRI cannot be really on the backs of all of our taxpayers. And I know that's, that's not what we want it to be, but at the same time, there's gonna be, it's a lot of money. We're gonna have to figure it out. And I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't know anything about the DNR and how they help because we're not really involved in that yet. The council really hasn't talked about PRI and we, we talked a little bit about it the other night during the waste, the stormwater, but they don't, they kind of want to keep it a little bit close, PRI. PRI. So there's, there's a lot to be talked about, but just before that, there's a lot of people here in our community that are having issues just with stormwater, sidewalks, you try and take your dog or you take your kid for a walk or a stroller and the sidewalks are all cracked, we gotta fix that, we gotta fix stuff like that. Well, let's, let's talk then a little bit about the how on that. So where can the city look for how if as mayor if you're elected how can how can you lead the way to go find the revenue to attack some of those issues a few years back i've been on finance and budget in the last eight years probably five of those eight and in a in a, a few years back and i don't really know where this is at right now because things happen and we started talking about priority budgeting, and it was going to be something that we were gonna really look at. Not, it's not necessarily line item, but I think we've got to look at the budgeting, and you, you have to decide and budget for it. I mean, you, you just have to go, okay, maybe this, maybe not this. I mean, it's really, I mean, a city has a huge budget, but it's like all of us in our own home budgets, maybe this, not this. That's why the public safety tax is important because it allows us to not be, and, and you know what, it's really, I mean, we could talk about the public safety tax, but it's up to you all to vote for that. So, I mean, if it, if it passes, it will be, a, a gr it'll be great for the city and the budgeting so that it's not this or that. But if it's not, I mean, there's another issue that if it's not, we'll have to be innovative about that also. But I think it's innovation, and I think it's really digging into the budget as a whole. And, and I really do think that when you, have, when you have a new person coming in as a city manager, I really think that it opens up opportunities for everyone to grow together and go back on questions and, and ask questions that you might not have, oh yeah, well that's what it is. We're now maybe gonna be a little bit more into it, digging into it. That's what I would see. Thank you, Dan. Just a quick reminder, if you have a question, if you want to submit one, Lisa will raise her hand. You can hold it up in the air. She'll come get it, bring it up to us. I think there's one over here. Yeah, listening. I know there's a couple of questions that were, they were like pre-done, so they weren't even listening to us ahead of time. Right. <laughs> um, All right, so I'm going to move on, Diane. We're going to stick with you in our flip-flop of, of uh, question starters here. Uh, we're going to go a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about housing and development. Mm -hmm. um, affordable housing, and however you want to define that, and rental development, especially. Like Actually, we're going to stop. We're going to go in the next three hours, and we're no. going to define affordable housing. Like, okay. look, we're boring, but not even we are that boring. Uh, all right, so multifamily housing, these sorts of developments have been a little bit at the front end of, of they've been controversial subjects. Uh, there's 
there's often a lot of community unease is that some of these projects there's been disagreements at the council level you've been skeptical of these um, uh, some of these projects as they've come before the council in the past for approval what is it about these projects that gives you pause as you're as you're looking at them what is it about that that, that gives you reason to be skeptical well since I have been on the council for eight years and when I we didn't really have any multifamily and it was we it was needed and and we weren't giving any kind of incentives and i don't know if so many of you that were here there was a project that we wanted excuse me to put i'm glad we didn't do it now but across from city hall it was called cityscape and we thought it'd be a great density project we couldn't touch what they wanted because they wanted an awful lot and the infrastructure there is really bad but it made us realize at the time that we really needed to go back and talk about our incentive policy. That's when it started. And then it seemed like once we started getting multifamily, we just kept getting multifamily. And it was, and, and there's nothing wrong with multifamily. I, there is a need for multifamily. I know many, many friends who have sold their homes and they love living in the apartment and so i'm not going to criticize anyone for living in an apartment or or having apartments i don't think that going forward there should be any incentives whether they be sales tax ex exemption sales and use tax exemptions i don't think that there should be any abatement unless it's on i mean we have a couple of places where it's in blighted places and what that means is they need them, they, we need that to go there, they need help with it, remediation. Or land that, you know, they can't put something on there because there's just too much to do, so the city helps with that on the abatement and it works out to where it's chapter 100 or whatever. But I don't see that happening in the same rate and I do think that there are times when as a city, as a council, something comes before us and we're voting on it. And like Bill said, we, we do talk a lot about that. And you have to, you know, some of us are one way, some of us are the other, but you have to figure out where you are and why you're at. And where I'm at with multifamily right now is we should not give any abatement. We should not give them um, pilots and no incentives. And I also, th and I, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, okay, well, I'll just follow on that. Are, so, what do you do then as a city to make sure, because I, I don't think that the demand for multifamily housing is, it seems as though that they're, I'm not on the planning commission anymore, so I don't see every project that comes through, but there, there, does, there still seems to be a pipeline of projects coming, proposed multifamily projects, including I know some that y'all have talked about conceptual plans recently for. What do you do in the absence of incentives to help manage that growth, that, that the change or the not change, depending on where you stand, of the housing stock in the city? Going, going back to the, we, had a comp, we did a comprehensive plan. We, did, we spent, like, it was, it was a great deal of money to do a comprehensive plan to talk about multifamily and activity centers and where things might be and zoning. And the last three projects or four projects 
have been, all been outside those zoning districts of the, of the comprehensive plan. They were commercial and a developer comes in and wants to make it a P-mix or a R3, so it's multifamily. Then it not only has to be voted on by us, but then it has to go back to the planning commission because they've got to amend the comprehensive plan that we just passed. So I've started thinking that we really probably need to look at our comprehensive plan in those areas because the zoning that has been dictated to or come not dictated but in the comprehensive plan has not been really effective for all of the last four developments so how do we get there i'm not really sure um i think that if a developer has a piece of land and their roi i mean you know everybody has to do something you build a building or you build a business and you, you, have to, you have to deal with it. I mean, you've got to come up with the money and do the development, and only if it's an extenuating circumstance and to me going forward, and we really think the need is there. I mean, if it's for seniors, if it's for seniors that can stay in their homes, and you know, Just that'd be great. Line in your own pockets now, Diane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, maybe so, no, not really, but. I just think some, some deeper thought needs to be thought about multifamily going forward when it comes out of the, our pocket. Thank you. Okay, Mayor Baird, uh, we're gonna actually with, we're gonna, same topic, but okay. we're gonna change the theme a little bit. It's gonna connect the previous conversation with, with this housing one. So right now the housing market in Lee Summit, if you're a starting firefighter, police officer, teacher, you really, it's gonna be hard to afford to buy or rent a new house in Lee, in Lee Summit. Um, so how can, with all of our talk of supporting these people, how can we approach this so that those types of jobs, those people that are starting out in those careers that we want here in town, so that they can live here too? How do we approach that in housing? Right. So I, I'm guessing you're not a millennial? No. All right, well. We, we well, have too much gray hair to be qualified. Millennials are Wait, can I pretend? No. Oh. Millennials are approaching the age of 40 at this point, and they've, they've changed a lot of things. Um, so you're saying how can uh, a firefighter or a nurse or a school teacher buy their first home? Um, what's, wh who's to say that they want to buy at their first home? They're, they're, well, some of I them are choosing, I'm gonna jump in here because some I think of them are choosing to rent was, by choice. Well, but I think it's and I am a realtor, and therefore I believe that they should be buying a home and, and trying to have home equity, and that's what I want my kids to do, but I'm letting you know that this is a culture thing that's happening before our very eyes right now. Right, well, and, and that's why I wanna say though, but even, even if you look at rental rates right now in Lee Summit, a lot of those rental rates are higher than your mortgage payments. So how do, we, how do we account for those things in housing development to make those people, sure. well, so those people I work, live here? I've worked in re residential for many, many years, and when, uh, for someone that's buying their first home, um, if they're not married and they don't have joint income, a lot of times they have to try to figure out how to buy the home and then get someone to, to be a roommate and move in with them. And that's still a lot of responsibility. So how do you keep the prices of rental homes down, um, if that's the question? Um, I guess I would say I'm, I'm okay with, with pilots as far as um, you know, creating certainty for certain multifamily, um, such as an apartment. 
Um, as far as the single family, if, to get them to be able to buy homes, they're gonna, right now we're in a, they're in a tough spot. We're gonna have to look at uh, half du uh, duplexes, half duplexes that they could purchase. Um, right now there's a lot of townhomes being built in our community, um, but there's a difference between a townhome for rent and a townhome for purchase. Um, we're not seeing a lot of these developers actually build townhomes they're selling the individual units or like condos. They're actually just building the townhomes and then renting them. And that's one of the more affordable options right now. Um, I think that, that a big pro problem that we're also having is that when someone moves from a townhome and wants to make that first purchase, they're having a hard time finding something, like you're saying, that's, that's affordable. So they're not moving from the townhome into a $350,000 house because it's hard to build a $350,000 house right now. I mean, I, last year, I felt like last year we were saying it was hard to build a $300,000 house. Now it's already up to 350. I mean, the, the costs to build are incredible right now. So part of the issue is, is trying to be creative with the developers that are building uh, homes for sale or duplexes for sale or hopefully some condos for sale so that we can offer opportunities for, for home uh, ownership. But at the same time, we do have to be open to this renter by choice that's taking over not just Lee Summit, but you know, the nation. Well, let's use an example of something current right now. There is, a, there is a proposed project that has come before council. You've had presentations. You haven't really voted yet, but there's been presentations of a development that is all development for rental. It's, it's a mixed use of it's senior, there's an apartment part of it, and there's even a single family home part of it, but they're all being developed for rental. Is that, is that a viable option that the city needs to keep looking at, or should look at a little bit? Well, it, should the city look at it? It's well, not, I mean, it's, encouraging it's, it's that coming. kind of development. This is one of many coming our way, so we, we have to figure out, you're right, we have to figure out how we're gonna handle these things, um, because it's happening all over the metro, it's happening in other, um, other similar metros to the Kansas City area. And the, yes, these, just so you all know, these developers are coming in and they're doing entire subdivisions. And it might even be, in this case, that what uh, Nick is referring to, it might even be single family homes for rent only. And that just kind of throws people because it's not ever been done before. Um, and here's the thing is, it's not just the millennials that might be moving into these. There's a lot of boomers that are saying, you know what, I'm free and clear on my house, but I don't want to have to mess with a mortgage. I'm selling my house and I'm going to be a renter by choice. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in that situation. I'm not a boomer. I don't think that way yet, but I will be someday. And, and we as a council, as a, as a, as a community have to, have to kind of balance this out. We need a diversity of product. We need a continuum of products so that people can move up through and then back down when they get to the end of their, of their um, home ownership, um, you know, uh, uh, timeline. And we need to make sure that, that we're balanced. We don't want any too much of any one product. So um, I'm not sure if I answered the question as far as what the city should do, other than we have to, we have to definitely be open to what the citizens want. Well, let's 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 then make that a little simpler, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna Thank throw you. this one at both. That was tough. As mayor, yes. What can you do to encourage certain types of development? And let's I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with Diane on this one since we'll we'll switch turns. But you know what actually in the role of mayor, what actually can you do to encourage types of development? So. A young man who, who works in um, Spire 
called me up and said, asked me if we could meet. His name's Jabbar. And so Jabbar and I met, and we talked for a long time. And the first thing I said to Jabbar with, with, with um, Spire is, because I'm being positive, when I'm mayor, because you have to be positive, and I'm sure Bill's when I'm mayor, when I'm mayor, this is what I want to do. And I would like, I want to sit down with developers. I'm, I'm talking about getting something more affordable. With developers, with Evergy, with Spire, and I really want to have that conversation and about, with our staff, and maybe there are things the staff, maybe we're a little too expensive in certain things, that if we are looking at affordable in a realm of what you think affordable can, is, because I don't think right now any of us really know what affordable is, um, I think that conversation's going to have to happen when things settle down with the I mean, you can have the conversations and talk about a plan, but I do think that you can sit down and talk about everyone's role in going forward with having, having diversity in housing. But we cannot, and I said this at the, at the last forum, we can't be everything to everyone. I mean, a lot, of young, a lot of young people do buy houses and they fix them up and they sell them and then they buy the second house. But I realize that housing now, those entry level houses are really very expensive. So there's the issue. But then the, the interest rates were so low. So that gave them an opportunity. Now we have inflation. So I mean, there's a lot of things going on, but I honestly think that you, you sit down and you talk about what everyone can do and a developer. Hey guys, you can't make that same ROI if we're gonna try and have an affordable little small whatever it is community for seniors or for people and those the ones that are if we if we have single family houses that were all for rent, where's the property tax? I mean we're not getting that. We're not getting real estate tax. We'll get property tax. We don't get real estate tax. I know it's in the rent, but then the developer's gonna gonna have to pay that and depending on how Jackson County looks at that, which is another deal, but we really need to, I, I really think people need to have that ownership if they want it. If they can't afford it, that's something, but I think we can make it happen easier if we all, and I know I say this, but we sit down, and I said this to him, and he goes, I do this. This is what I do, we do this. And I don't know what that really meant because I'm not really there, and so, but I just feel like, even as a city, we can look at our costs on certain, not all, but certain developments. Mayor Baird, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw that question to you and I'm gonna ask you to be, be kind of short on it because I wanna get to, uh, we've got a couple of, of the audience questions that okay. we wanna get to a, a, as well on this. What can you do as mayor to mm -hmm. encourage certain types of development? Right, so, but I, I would like you to clarify, what do you mean certain types of development? Because well, so it's like residential, well, there's well, commercial, right. so there's, we're talking, there's right. a lot we're talking, of We've been talking about development. residential development. Yeah. There's retail so development, there's warehouse right. development, okay. We've been talking about residential, so if, if, right. you, residential. if you wanted to have more affordable yeah. housing development, what actually can you do as a mayor? Well, as a council, we can um, consider um, allowing a little bit more density for single family homes. Um, that helps reduce the price of the lot, and then it keeps the price of the home down for the individual, for the, for the builder, for the developer. 
Um, and, and that sometimes means you might have skinnier lots and you have to be open to that. Um, we can do pilots, like I mentioned before, payment in lieu of taxes for um, like high density, like apartments and such, because that creates certainty and it helps keep the, the price of, or the rents for each apartment down because you're, re you're creating certainty for the uh, developer, the, the owner of that apartment building, and then they don't have to pass that cost through. That's the one thing that we have to realize is whatever's, you know, you can, you can single out a, a homeowner and say, well, you know, uh, they're paying taxes and such, but the, the developer or the owner of an apartment building or a multifamily is going to pass through these costs through rents. So whether we're trying to keep the, the price of a home down with narrower lots, or if we're trying to keep the price of the apartment building down by creating certainty with payment in lieu of taxes, both of them are, are attempts to try to keep th the, the rents or the home affordable. And those are the types of things that we have to be open to and, and, and look at creative ways of, of approaching. There are other things, and um, you know, when it comes to materials and such, but I'll, I'll keep it short by finishing there. Before we get to an audience question, I'm gonna take another short break. Remind you, there are jars over there. Let's donate to Hope House and leave some at social services. If you don't, Rob Benny, former council member, he's not gonna let you leave. He's used to be big. He's going to stand by the edge and stare menacingly He's, at you until yeah, you do. Yeah, he has a mean stare. Um, Diane, take a couple minutes. Tell us a little bit about social services and why you chose that for tonight. Okay. Lee Summit Social Services is just dear to my heart because they, they offer so much to so many people. And I love Hope House, I love, I love Coldwater, I love all of them. I've, I've been on the CEDC, which is our Community Economic Development Committee, and every year we get um, federal funds, the city gets federal funds, and it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good number, and so, some of our nonprofits, they will, um, they, they will fill out an application for things they need. And there's never enough to do what we need to do with those federal funds. And so it makes you realize what's going on. And social services, they actually help the people that need the help. And they, it's not like people need it every month. You know, we live in a very, very good community. But we have people that need food sometimes. And they walk in there, and they'll, they'll, get, they'll give their name to social services so they not they don't necessarily follow up but they've got them in their database so that if they come back or if they can go back and help them they will do that and i just i think that we our community is is so generous i mean just in the last week what we had well not we there was one of our developers a big a developer here in town that gave um, social services $203,000, I mean, that's how generous we are. And they, it was Summit Homes, and I think Fred DeLibero needs to be applauded for that. That was an amazing gift to them. And then our firefighters, they do a boot block. I mean, the people in this community in a weekend, they collected over $90,000. And so I am just have always thought of social services. You can get toys and clothes and food and i just think that it's wonderful mitch my husband had a guy that worked for him who couldn't make it he didn't have any food i mean he makes good money but he made bad choices in his life so that his check wasn't always what it 
should have been, and so he had garnishments or whatever, and he was struggling. And it was because the Lee Summit Social Services, for I think he went there for two months and got back on his feet for a while and then found out he, could, he would, didn't have a car and it was Oats, the Oats bus is not just for old people. And <laughs> it is for, it will take you anywhere in Lee Summit in the city limits at certain times for what? A, I think it's $1.50 it might be up, well, is it $1.50? I mean, and, and, we told, and Mitch told him about that. So the guy was trying to get a ride. He was getting Uber. I mean, we have so many things like that that people don't know. So social services is just dear to my heart, and my daughter's on the board. And I love that she does it, and she loves being on the board, and I think that's dear to her heart, too. Thank you very much. We'll do our first uh, audience question. Yeah, we do. We've had a couple of questions about the uh, Diversity Inclusion Commission uh, that the... the mayor and the council have, have put forth. Bill, I'm going to start with you. Um, both of the questions kind of speak to the importance of it. Uh, one of them came from a budgetary standpoint and one from a, a more thing. So I guess I'll say how, what value do you hope to get from the Diversity and Inclusion Commission when they complete their work? Uh, I want to, I would like to see a blueprint for how um, we can uh, create healthy conversations um, systematically and continually um, with all of our community partners all around inclusion so that we can be the most welcoming uh, and inclusive community uh, we can be. Um, that's, what, that's what I would like to see happen as far as the value of that is, it's, it's infinite as far as um, the, our brand and our image. Um, the type of community we're seeing by other cities, by other people, by, by businesses that want to come here. Um, if we're seen as a diverse and inclusive community, um, we're, we'll be more productive as a community. Um, we'll be more, um, we'll be highly sought after, and yes, we're highly sought after now, but I think that, I think we've, we've already made some gains with regard to um, showing that we're willing to have these conversations uh, as, a, as a council, as a community. Um, we're going to work with uh, the schools, we're going to work with businesses, we're going to work with all these wonderful nonprofit organizations that we've been talking about tonight uh, with regard to how can we be the most inclusive community possible. And then we're going to, you know, we're going to continue on after this commission um, ends and they give us a blueprint and we'll, we'll figure out a way to um, to, to continue, uh, you know, being mindful about this and being intentional, so. All right, and Diane, I'll, I'll go to you. you. I think there was some contention from the council when, when this idea of this commission was first proposed and come through, um, and, and you were, I think, critical of some of the process that went through to, to deal with that. But it's in place at this point. How, what do you plan to do if you are elected mayor when the results come of that? Is the, is the process for you going to kind of spoil the results or, or is there, how do you as the mayor want to work with the step that's put forth? I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm going to be really honest about that. I, I, I know that it's in place. I, I, would, I would have to sit down. I think the whole council is really wanting to sit down with that with the whole commission and talk about what the process is of going into businesses and trying to be and do the things that um, Bill just said. I don't know that 
that that's our job as as council members and as the mayor i don't know if it's my job to do that i think my job would be to find out and i know part of that part of the diversity and, in, and inclusion commission is on our part which i think is where we should have started is on the city part and i think it would have been the best idea to start with the city start with the staff start with communication how do we talk to each other and and fix the cracks because the foundation if a foundation's there and there's cracks or you need to look at things then you can go on and fix some th other things but as a as a as a governing body i think we should have started with our own house let's see what our house looks like and then maybe maybe there's an issue i mean the school district they have their they have their diversity and inclusion going on and right now i just think that the natural way would have been for the council to have talked about it and we would have done it in the city first and then gone beyond that so i'm not really sure it's already in place um i think i've got maybe two people i can put on it because i wasn't allowed to put my people on and i think when, when i tried to put the last one on the mayor said maybe if i was mayor that i could maybe have that opportunity and put my own person on there so i'd probably put I'd probably do that because I think I would have liked to have done that in the beginning. Okay, before I move to the next topic, I'm going to be a little bit mean here. Where's, where's Rob? Rob Benny, do me a favor. Grab those jars and let's start passing them around. Let's pass the hat. We want to do some good tonight as well as talk about all, all of these, these important issues. I'm going to switch gears a little bit so that we can try to stay on track. Let's talk a little bit about workforce development. Mayor Baird, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you here. Um, for years... We've seen, we've had elected officials, economic development types, talking a lot about the influx of new workers coming in. Um, I think things have changed a little bit over the last two years. How people work is different, right? It's changed just, just a little bit. There's been talk of Class A office development, some industrial things coming in, but that hasn't exactly happened. So what can we do as mayor to encourage, attract, and grow more jobs in Lee Summit, which is something that you talked about in the beginning. What, how can you do that? Well, so I'm sorry, but you just said workforce development, and now you're talking about attracting jobs. So which, which, which way? Because I think they're, <laughs> they're very why separate. Why can't you do all of the things in my okay, head at I can, once? I need <laughs> no, time I to talk about all of them. No, That's all. I know. I, 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 need time I, I, to talk I apologize. About but let's, let's just start with, let's talk about jobs. How can, jobs how can we attract development? more jobs? Okay, attract more jobs. Well, we just had the wonderful um, opportunity over the last year to um, approve as council almost one million square feet of high-quality industrial buildings. These will, bring, these will bring hundreds and hundreds of jobs. 100 jobs could lead to another 100 jobs in forward linkage type of jobs and supply jobs. This leads to tens of millions of dollars of economic output. So what was the key there? For decades, stakeholders, some in this very room, called for us to bring quality jobs here, and they called for industrial buildings, spec buildings, so that we could go after e-commerce, transportation, distribution, manufacturing, aeronautics, you name it. And what has happened is we've been focusing on that as a council the last couple of years. We've had success. We've opened the doors for new businesses. We're the, the phones are ringing for Scannell, that the one that did the 800,000 square feet that we passed last year. Um, 
businesses are calling them saying we're interested I don't have specific names because it has not been passed on for me from the EDC, uh, Rick McDowell. They love secrets, the EDC. They, yeah, I know, they do. They like to call, they name the projects a certain thing and then they, they just... As mayor, do both of you promise to change the code names? No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's really what I want. I want a commitment to better code names. Yeah, better code names. I agree, I agree with that. So. So quality jobs, uh, those are the types of jobs we need here because we're not just, we've had some commercial investment, retail and dining and restaurant and such, but um, we're, we're really needing um, to bring people into our community so that, um, and, and also keep people in our community. Yes, there are more people working from home, but we still have a lot of people traveling out of town to work. I'd love to provide more opportunities for them to work. And I'll stop there. I would love to talk about workforce development well, if you'll come back I'm to that. I'm gonna follow up with, with this one. How do we encourage more people to live here and work here? Well, we have to provide opportunities for them with jobs to, for, that, for that to happen. Um, you know, so many people are traveling outside of our community to whether it be Johnson County or downtown Kansas City or even up north. And you know, when, they're, when they do that, then they end up often giving back to those communities because that's where they work. And we want people to be able to work here, give back here. If you live here and you play here with your, you know, with family and, and, uh, and such, we want you to also give back here and work here. So we need to provide more opportunities. Um, that's not a workforce development question, but I'd love to go, go there. You're going to be mean to me <laughs> just because I changed gears halfway through the question. Well, I'm excited about workforce <laughs> development. I really am. Well, we'll come back to that perhaps in, here in a second. So Diane, I want to go to you um, a little bit more of a, a, a sort of a jobs and future development question. You mentioned earlier the, uh, the PRI land, the 4,000 acres that, that is, I think you said coming online, but I think you used an interesting phrase that they are going to keep it close um, mm -hmm. as the, the entity that has owned that land for, well, since whenever. Uh, has been notoriously quiet about their plans in the long term, and they've just recently begun to engage the city with that. As mayor, what kinds of development, how do you want to work with somebody who's, who is doing that, who is keeping that kind of close? How do you want to work with those, the group to, to perhaps help nudge their ship along a little bit? I think, um, and I'm not sure, I don't know if Bill's even gotten the opportunity to work with them. I mean, I think it's close enough that even as mayor, if you, when you've got some people that don't want anyone but city staff, you know, I, I would hope to be like barging in, and I'm sure maybe Bill has too, but I would think that um, we would have so much to offer in just conversation and just putting a face on PRI. I mean, you know, PRI, it's like, it's just three letters to me and we talk about it, I'd love to see the face, and then you can really kind of go from there. That's, I'm kind of a visual person when it comes to that. So what I would do is, I would just hope that I could be the person that's out there, but, and, and really let them know that, you know, we're a body that keeps secrets. I mean, we have, we have um, closed sessions. We should be able to have more information so that we, in turn, can be thinking about what we need and going forward. I mean, I know they've been thinking about this for a long time. I know Steve's been working on it and staff's been working on it. But you kind of get into a situation where like sitting right here and you're asking a question, and I really don't know. Because I don't. We haven't really had any conversation. All right, so let me, let me tackle this from a different angle then. Okay. 
that's a lot of land that yes. can be developed in a lot of different ways. Uh, I mean, or all of the ways, but different focuses. What, what types of development do you think you would like to see from at least some of that land as it goes forward? Where, where are the development focuses for you or from where you are as mayor? You brought this up right at your, your initial opening question about what you want to get done. What kind of stuff are you looking for that you would just like to see, regardless of what PRI has in mind, but what is it that, that Mayor Forte would look for? The, mo <clears throat> the most obvious place to start is up by our airport. And that land, and I think that's 1,200 acres, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, that land up, up north, it's close to 290, it's right there on 291, 470, I-70. The airport's there. I see some really good opportunities to expand what's happening. I mean, our airport's doing an amazing job. During the playoffs, jets were flying in there left and right, guys. I mean, it was crazy. And I see that area being such a commerce area for the city. And I think we can do, you can do restaurants. You've got people that, that are going to be coming in for whatever reason to the airport and i just i just see it as the the best place to grow in our city is up on the north area i think that would be the one to start with first all right diane i'm gonna i'm gonna switch we're gonna go to one more question from the audience before we uh end to our last most important and uh on the question for which nick and i will personally judge you <laughs> but we're gonna start with this uh I think you both have said a lot of positive things about the city, and I, I, it seems appropriate for someone running for mayor to do so. But in general, I think the direction the city's been going is, is pretty good, and most of the people here would agree with that as a whole, and you two have echoed that sort of sentiment going on. So, and so therefore, a lot of the answers that you have given have been similar, you know, in tone, if not in precise detail. What is it that you think that you would individually bring to the role of mayor that sets you apart as a candidate for that? I, um, I'm a good listener and I'm a good um, people person to bring people together individually. I would call um, I, I'm a I am a good phone call person. I don't like to email. Not a good I'm not a good writer. Not that's not my forte. <laughs> I'm literally a one-on-one -on -one person, and I think you can have great. Um, I would I would right now I will tell you as mayor I will call our council members. I will call and talk to them if I see something that they've and I will have a um, kind of a a team of maybe the CEDC chair and the, and the um, finance chair of the chamber, of the chamber, of the council and public works and the mayor and maybe the mayor pro tem, as long as you're not, you don't ever wanna go against any kind of the sunshine rules. But I would, I would have like bi-monthly, two, two times a month and, and more if needed, where you're getting together with not just the mayor pro tem, but you're getting together with more uh, more council members, and then you would also get together with the other council members that are not chairs. And you've just got to figure out, and you're going to have two new council members no matter what. And 
and it's not easy being a new council member and even i mean it's not like it's it's not easy and you need a mentor you need someone to really help you get through that and i think that that's important to do that we're a team we don't all agree we we disagree a lot some of my some of my best buds on council are people that i don't agree with at all i mean politically or different things but we put that aside and and what happens is when you have a 9-1 vote or an 8-2 vote or a 5-4 vote or whatever vote you have, if you're on the winning side, you say next. If you're on the losing side, you say next. You should. And I think that there's issues that if you, you know, issues can come up that you don't. But, you know, we had those issues and the community took care of the issue that we had. And then we had to learn to play together. And we did that in 2017 after that April recall. And we, we, we had to regroup as a, as a council, and we did that. And I, I, I really am proud that we did that, but that's what I would do. Mayor Baird, I'll ask the same question of you. With, when you kind of look at this, we have a pretty good city. Uh, I, honestly, what I hope for, this is my personal wish for either of you, neither of you, whoever wins, breaks the city as we go forward. That'd be great. I'd appreciate that, because I think we're doing pretty good. But what is it about you that you think sets you apart and makes you a, the best choice for the mayor? Well, I'm a, I'm a process person. I believe in the system, the, the process as far as um, how we as council operate alongside city management and uh, a city manager runs city. Um, I'm a strategic planner. We, in the last four years, we did a strategic plan that took 19 months. We did a uh, an airport master plan, we did a comprehensive plan. I've had joint meetings with every organization I possibly can with the council, um, including our community partners. Um, why? Because I want to come together and get us all going in the same direction. What, what, let's get everybody going in the same direction. Let's get on the same page. And yes, there's gonna be some, some disagreements as to what that direction is, but um, very similar to, to what Councilmember Forte said, once we decide a direction, we all need to say next and keep going. And so um, that's, that's my style. Um, I want everything to be on public record. I'm a stickler for that type of thing. So there's, there's not, I, I would have to disagree with, with some of the things that were said about having one-to-one -one conversations with council members in those situations. Um, all those conversations need to be had in front of the public for, for transparency reasons. And it, I've been in part of a situation where that wasn't happening, and I can tell you that that's not healthy. So um, if we need to have more meetings, I'm, I'm for that. I'm for whatever it takes to, to have these conversations, uh, or com you know, conversations and discussions and decision-making happening in front of the, of the citizens. Thank you. Can I just say that you're maybe the first person I've ever said I want more, more meetings? <laughs> yeah, that's the worst campaign promise ever. More meetings! Vote for it. No. Um, we're going to wrap up and get to, our, get to our, our, our final topic of the night, and we're gonna, we didn't get to all of the audience questions. I'm sorry. I, I want to be cognizant of everybody's time. But I don't think the two of them are going to be mad at me if I say this. Um, I, I know both of these candidates a little bit outside of, of their roles as elected officials, too. They're pretty easy to get a hold of. If you want an answer to a question, call them, email them. Am I lying if I say you're easy to get a hold of? I, I, I think you both are, and I feel like you could call either one of them. I've done that. I've annoyed them both a lot. Um, 
we're going to get to our, our last topic here. And this is the most important thing. Jason, this is our fifth election cycle since we started doing this. This is true. And we started off by asking important questions, and I think it's, it's been solved. We know that the answer, we're pro-taco <laughs> here on this podcast. Tacos are a far superior food than hamburgers. That decision has been made. So here's this, is, what this I, by the way, this is the vote that was taken, this, and we're, we're saying next. Yes. Mayor Baird, I'm going to start with you. In Lee Summit, in this great town of Lee Summit, <laughs> where's the best taco? I knew you were going to say that. Okay, so this is so weird that you're asking this question because I am a convert to this establishment. Um, we started having these meals right before council, and I, because I didn't, I didn't like them at first, and then my son kept eating there, and then we kept having it at council, and I. I know, I know it's, it, it, may not, it may surprise you, but um, I love like, those sweet pork tacos and burritos from Costa Vida. I just love their fresh, their fresh content. Their, their, oh, everything's fresh. Okay, Everything so is fresh there, and I'm, they've won me over, and I was not, I, I don't know. It just, you gotta, no, keep, you gotta stay with it. You gotta stay are, with it. There are wrong answers. That is not one of them. Yeah, so you're okay. We, Thank goodness. Th there, there was a candidate earlier. Go back and listen to the past episodes. Who said Taco Bell? And that, by the way, is the most courageous political answer I've ever heard. Without, without doubt. So, Diane. I love Taco Bell. It's <laughs> like, not, not my favorite Taco Bell, but, not, but I and, do love Taco we Bell. Applauded, we applauded the candidate who, who put that out there because literally it was the bravest thing I've ever heard in a political interview ever. So, Diane, where in Lee Summit do you find the best tacos? And I'm not really a big taco person. Look, don't don't okay, ruin it for, right, don't right, don't right. don't try to sway us against you. That's um, not fair. I like tacos at Carmen's. That and I think those are very good. That, I like that um, has solid answer. That's been mm -hmm. a very popular choice actually mm -hmm. from like from our various candy. the twenty or so candidates that we have interviewed. That's really, a, that's a solid really? answer. You, 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 you both I guess it. yours isn't solid, Bill. Mine's right. solid. Solid. Yours you're, isn't solid. Both of our answers are acceptable. <laughs> Acceptable, well, but you were solid. very worried there for a minute, Dan, that we were gonna like. No, look, here's the thing. No, I generally like speaking, as long as you're eating tacos, they're good tacos. They're good that's tacos. the that's the rule. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you both for for coming out here tonight, and for all of the other times that you you have shown up to answer questions, to talk to the people. Oh, my 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 son does not like the pro taco stance, and he's thinking that I should Hold change on. it. Hold on, I'm gonna Charlie. You're grounded. Um, yeah, we're gonna take your devices away. Charlie got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you both for coming out, for showing up, for for not only tonight, but for all of the other times you guys have have answered the phone, answered your emails, come out to forums uh, to talk to the people, and for your your years of elected service, and for being willing to do more, which I would not be willing to do. Thank you guys for being involved. I'm gonna do one more thing, and I'm gonna do a little bit of editorializing here. Because I wanna go back to why we do this. Do you want a soapbox for this? I just, maybe. Okay. <laughs> we do this because local matters. And there's been a lot, I, I've done this for 27 years. Most, a lot of it here in Lee Summit, but for a lot of different Midwest, and this has been I think the strangest local election I've been around. And I think because there's been a feeling of people taking it personal, a little more personal than it has been. There's been 
that we, we look, we've had groups that are taking sides and making sure that you have to go a certain way. And, and I want to be wary of that, especially locally. We shouldn't define ourselves by the choices we make in the ballot boxes. Because here's the thing. You're our neighbors now. After the election, you're still going to be my neighbor. I'm still going to do business with some of you and the businesses that you own. And I think we really got to remember that. These are our friends. These are our neighbors. We go to church together. We go we volunteer together. I met Diane through downtown. And, well, actually, I tried to get money from you as an advertiser oh, back in the journal. Yes, but look, we know. Bill, your wife has probably sold some of these people their homes. <laughs> You've probably helped some people find a place for their, for their business. So I just want everybody to take a step, step back and remember that we're all neighbors. And that's why we can have the opportunity to make so much change right here and be a part of it. So thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. If you've got your phones, see a little code there here on the banner. You can take the little picture, go sign up. You'll get the link to Lee Summit e-newsletter every Monday. You can catch the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps. Oh, and by the way, thank you guys. Yeah, you guys rock. Thank this you very much. That's why we keep doing it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That'll wrap you guys us up for the night. Thank, Thank you. you. Good night, everybody. <laughs>